0: All right, welcome back to episode five of Nobody's Muses. And today we're going to talk about episode four of the Amazon series based on the book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, Daisy Jones and the Six. So I know that the series is over by the time you're listening to this, but we are diving deep into Everything Daisy Jones and the Six, everything from that time period. So if you haven't heard our first four episodes, I highly recommend you go back and listen to those because we are hilarious and quite entertaining. And here I am with Crystal.
1: Yeah. Hi. And you can follow us on Nobody's Muses on Instagram. It's Nobody's, no apostrophe Muses on Instagram. And you can email us at muses at gmail.com and we'd love to hear your comments and you know check us out hopefully you're either watching us on youtube or listening to us on a podcast so uh, excellent
0: how's so your week I'll been w- how's it how's the week been crystal has it make it a week a decent week yeah it's yeah. been a week right it's been a Week. spring has sprung in texas yeah. i sound a little nasally because you know allergies and i'll probably be clear my throat but i'll try to like hit my cough button or something so that it doesn't show up too terribly bad. But let's get into it. This is episode, this is track four. Um, I saw the light. We've had a great discussion last week on what has been our favorite episode so far, which was um, episode three, Someone Saved My Life Tonight. But now we're going to move on to the aftermath. As we finished out episode three with them recording, Daisy and Billy recording together, honeycomb look at us now um and it was a great a great way to the end the episode but now we have to see where the aftermath takes us so we come into at uh, track four which this is uh writer is stacy traub on this one um stacy traub she is a producer from blackish she's from canada interesting um she also was a co-executive producer with daisy jones and the six um, but she's getting writing credits on this one as well.
1: So that's interesting because I feel like the what they're calling their staff writers and stuff is um, more high-level people. Like it's been people who are directors. They have all um, have a lot of EP names. Like usually a writing staff, um, if you look, the writing credits most of the time will be written by. And then there'll be a lot of producers, and usually a lot of those producers are writers who've gotten um, promoted, but usually executive producers are more like uh, like Reese Witherspoon presents, you know? So this is an interesting hierarchy here. And Amazon, there's been some articles out just really recently how Amazon is just not like any other TV studios and how they run things, and um, it's kind of probably not... It's probably why some of their shows don't, aren't doing as well as they should. Because I really think this show, it um, so far, this is um, April of 2023. The it didn't, it hasn't had, it's done well, but not maybe as well as they wanted it to, considering how much they spent on it. I was gonna just ask you on this, like overall, what do you think of this episode? What do you think of it?
0: I, th- I mean, we kind of, we kind of had a dip. You know, because I think, again, episode three ended on such a high, I think, as such a culmination. Um, So we're getting a little bit of a dip, but it's not too big of a dip. And I watched it again this morning, um, and there were things that I picked up um, that I probably didn't pick up the first time, paid a little bit more attention to some of the characters. And and I probably rewatched, I probably watched this episode, this was probably number three or number four. But this morning with some intentionality to pick up some things to make sure I had some things to talk about today. Um, so there were some things about this that I really, really liked um, that I think are a part of character development. And the relationship and the band development. So, so yeah. Well, what and about I you? Well, I would
1: say, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a building episode. I mean, it's probably, I think that they released this one. They released two when they released, because they released three. No, so they did three, three. So this one's building for the next three episodes. And then mm-hmm. I think we get a 2-2. I think that's yeah. how it works. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought there were some really good parts to it. And, you know, I think, right, because we really ran out of time last time, and I think we'll, we can plow through this pretty quickly. Let's talk about a little bit the differences in the lyrics between what Billy wrote and what Daisy wrote. Because okay. that is the that is kind of the, the crux of why he responds the way he does to it. So, you know, I was looking and I listened to as much as I could pull. And, um, you know, the big thing that she does is she is the one, um, he says, oh, I know that we can get it all back. And she says, oh, we can make a good thing bad.
0: Yeah. And let's just say, I mean, this, and this song in general is so completely different from what the book had as Honeycomb.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Because if you've read the book, Honeycomb in the book itself was more about seeing their future together. Right. And these promises that Billy had made Camilla about things that she wanted um, for their future. One of those being she always pictured herself living on the coast of North Carolina. Right. Um, and so h- the original song in the book very much spoke to him idealizing what that story was going to look like or what that was going to play out to be. But then we come back into... um. We come back into the the show versions, the differences between Billy and Daisy and what they had. Um, But I do think it goes back to that conversation that Daisy has with him about it being more of a speech when it could have at least been a conversation.
1: Right. And that's kind of what they say in the book too. Like she's basically saying, I want it to also be the, from the woman that he's singing to mm-hmm. point of view. So, but he, you know, this idea of, you know, her taking the thing that he says, I know we can get it all back in her saying it, you make a good thing bad. You know, that's kind of that moment, you know, it really, um, Because I think deep down he knows, like he's been trying to convince himself like we talked about before. So, um, and overall, what do you think? Do you, I mean, do you like the new lyrics? Do you like this song?
0: I do. It's grown on me. I will tell you it's grown on me because, um, and I probably have a, a bigger problem and I still, I still am not past another song that they changed up significantly, I think. Um, but I've gotten I've gotten over this one um, because it is a good song. It's a great song. Um, and so it has grown on me. And I will tell you one of the things that has gotten me over the hump where I am loving this song more is Graham's guitar part in this song. And um, so that has kind of gotten me over the hump of disliking it as much because I do I do like the character of Graham and I love his part on the song. So I think that's that's somewhat has helped me get over the hump of not being happy with it at first when I initially when I initially was reading it or listening to it. Will Harrison is the, the actor that plays Graham. Um, and I actually watched on YouTube kind of a behind the making-of video. Um, he's been playing guitar for as long, I mean, since he was a young kid. So he's been playing guitar for quite a while. So, um, so yeah, I think the song has grown on me, um, and I do. It's on repeat quite, quite a lot um, as I'm in the car and stuff like that. What about you?
1: Yeah, I really like it. It, get, it got in my head really early on, and I really think they succeed quite well and kind of the idea of kind of this being a rumors kind of album, and this being a, ba- a you know a band kind of like Fleetwood Mac, and I mean the the, the just that um, I think I've mentioned it before that guitar solo is very just straight up Lindsey Buckingham and like very much sounds like um, his solo at the end of the chain, but also mm-hmm. a couple of others. So yeah, I really like it, and I think that it um, it maybe I think in some ways it's a little bit stronger about um, the idea of, oh, I think we can make a good thing bad and all that stuff in not talking about the future, but just trying to get through right now, I think mm-hmm. maybe um, kind of works really well for this. Yeah. So we are outside of Bob's Big Boy in <laughs> L.A., and Graham, Warren, and Eddie, um, they're hear the song being played in a convertible as they're walking out. And yeah.
0: this reminds me so much of one of our favorite movies that we talked about the very first episode, one of our favorite movies about a fake band, and that was um, the, one, the Tom Hanks movie, The you Wonders, Do. yeah, or The Thing You Do. Yeah, yeah. but it does remind me, and it, it's an understandable feeling. I mean, I think if I heard my song on the radio for the first time, I'd probably be freaking out very similarly to what the guys did at yeah. that one, at that moment, as they were coming out of The Big Boy's. But yeah, I think that was a <clears throat> that was a pretty um, a pretty normal uh, response to hearing that. A cutting to the next scene where they have Karen um, strolling through the record store, and you know a, a girl mentioning that you know is that is that um, look at us now and and then she's obviously trying to buy it and didn't have enough money and Karen helped her out. Yeah. And then I think as Karen was walking out of the, well, it was a good, it was a great scene. It was a great cut. It was Karen walking out of the record store and the girl kind of staring for a minute. And then she looks down at the album cover. And then she realizes what just happened that somebody from the six just purchased her, just helped her purchase out the album.
1: And then Um, we get to Daisy um, is working and she hears it in the jukebox and drops all her plates and goes to see, her song is in the jukebox, so, um, and uh, I thought it was just funny. I looked it up. Like the songs that were above and below it were um, Simon and Garfunkel, "Bridge Over Troubled Water," and then the B side was "Mrs. Robinson." And I would just say, please, no one ever play, don't play "Bridge Over Troubled Water" on a jukebox at a restaurant. That's
0: depressing. Hell yeah,
1: yeah doof. I and then Eric that. Burden, um, Spill the Wine and Tobacco Road, Eric Burden and War with Spill the Wine and Tobacco Road, which I love Spill the Wine. That's a great song. And then we can see just the top of Sly Stone um, dance to the music, Dallas's own Sly Stone. And So um, here
0: we have the six featuring Daisy Jones, you know, surrounded by all of these well-established, yeah. well-known of the time artists. And now we're putting the six in the middle of those well-known respected artist of the time so that was pretty cool i would i would probably um yeah
1: i mean do you think you'd still be waiting tables if your band was big enough to be at the in a jukebox
0: well but i think we see in the scenes ahead that i don't know that they realized how big they were getting i think that was their first realization is that it was you know, that it was happening is these, this subsequent, these three scenes kind of back to back were really the realization. Um, And still, even with that, I mean, you know, you get your, you get your music played on the radio. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean instantaneous stardom and loads of money.
1: Well, and I would say, you know, I I think that people don't understand that for the longest time, What determined what was number one And what the billboards were Was people, DJs And like jukebox owners back in the day They would just log it DJs and stuff (laughs) And the record, the people who um, Purchased it They just logged what their inventory was And it wasn't until the 90s When they found sound scan that they actually really tracked music correctly and then all of a sudden everybody was up in arms because you know uh, Public Enemy was the number one record and before it had been you know completely dominated by you know white artists right and then also like they, they blew, it blew their mind when Garth Brooks got number one and they were like sound scan is you know and it's like no it's actually accurate
0: it's actually it's actually doing the job yeah. So well, because again, we—I mean—if you go back and you study anything about the history of radio and the whole paola plagola of the you know fifties and early sixties and things that happened in those situations, I mean, there were ways to sway and influence, you know, music directors, DJs on you know decent-sized, well-listened-to radio stations. Pretty that was done quite frequently by record producers or record companies yeah. in order to get spins for their album.
1: I mean, they still, um, I mean, still do it. It's just much more under the table. Sure. You know? Sure. So Billy Miller so, yeah. are in the kitchen and they hear the song on the radio. And he,
0: so do you think turns, it's interesting that they're all kind of doing it individualized? Yes. Like it's the guys. Mm-hmm. And then it's Karen. And then it's Daisy on her own. And then finally we get Billy and Billy's reaction is, Very different from the rest of the band.
1: Yeah, he wants to turn it off. I'm sick of that song. I hate it.
0: Because he's bitter because it worked.
1: Yeah. And he says, I wrote a song about hope and she turned it into a song, into this celebration of doubt and uncertainty. I fucking hate that song. And Camila, Aww. whenever he turns off the radio, is like, oh, poor Billy, you have a hit song. Wee. And so then later they're making breakfast and Camila, I mean, Karen is bringing, Camila is helping make breakfast and Karen brings in the mail and she's like, who's doing the chores around here? And there's like a little comment from Warren. <laughs> Warren. I wanted to punch him in the face. You could <laughs> do some sweeping or something like that. And then Karen, See that pile
0: of stuff in the sink? You know, yeah. That, that's not going to clean itself either. Big. Shut and then up.
1: King, then Karen finds all the royalty checks, and um, Warren um, says six hundred dollars went really far in those days. And then um, Billy um, says, and I think this is a this is a big deal. And I think I, so I, too. I th- Billy says, even though I wrote most of the songs, we split the publishing evenly. We were family, mm-hmm. and I would say that that right there is one of the things that has killed bands.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. would
1: say you know a good example of it is the band because Robbie Robinson, Robbie Robertson, got all of the royalties for songwriting, and the rest of the guys didn't, and they got to where they didn't want to write anything because they were like, "What's the point?" Right. And then the opposite, though, is so they because they felt like they had all contributed to these songs. The opposite is the Go Go's, where Jane Whelan um, really wanted to have credit for the song because she felt like she'd done all the work on on their album and didn't get it. And it was split evenly and she felt very angry about it because she was like, well, the other woman was all on heroin and the other two can't write songs. I'm the only one who was doing any of the work. Yeah. But there's
0: there's something to be said because if you look through and see who, You know, who is who split credits or who split, you know, royalties? You have some really long standing, very successful bands that have lasted, and all of them will say, in part, it is because of doing that. It's that everybody got a piece of because even though you may not directly be writing, I still think there's something to be said for your contribution.
1: Actually, I do too. And I, I think it's the best way to do it. I mean, when you, if you, there is a great documentary about the Go-Go's. And if you want to watch it, yes. you will really listen you know, you hear Jane's side of the story and I feel like she had some fair. She um,
0: had some valid points. I remember, and I, I remember, I think that was, was that a Showtime or was it an uh, HBO? I
1: think it's Showtime. I think yeah, I was for a month just so I could watch that.
0: Really, really good. But um, if you look at bands like my two favorites, REM and U2 they have always split publishing and credits amongst all of them um Coldplay did that the Doors did that I can't remember I can't remember what it was mentioned in the book they
1: never said anything the book about
0: it yeah okay good I didn't miss anything because you know sometimes I forget
1: stuff (laughs) so then they say um they list what they bought bought a surfboard Karen um, Eddie bought some amps and, and, a, and a, a new pedal. And then Karen, she bought the stock in the stock market. And, um, and my favorite part is Warren saying he bought a fur vest on Venice Beach. <laughs> Love oh, a fur Warren.
0: vest. Oh, Warren. And then Warren. Billy
1: rents a beautiful house for Camila.
0: Yes. So they have and their own space now.
1: I just find this so weird, though. Because, like, don't be buying me a house or anything without consulting me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: these romantic gestures. It goes back all the way to Jim in the office buying that house and not telling Pam.
0: Like, Well, and the whole, you know, car in the driveway, Christmas commercials with the big red bow. No. Great, honey, you've created a debt for us. That's super awesome. I
1: your ass if you did
0: that. <laughs> That's super awesome that you created this debt by going out and purchasing a car for me that I don't even necessarily like that car. I,
1: like, I got to drive it. I got to see how the seat feels, like... Anyway, I think that that's, that's a. Really, but it was a
0: rental. It was a rental, a funny, so you know. It's a funny
1: movie trope, but I would sure. just say, also, like a woman with a baby is going to be like, "Where's the laundry room?" In connection with the the things that I've got to do.
0: Well, yeah. and then the and then the, kid. <laughs> I'm getting way too into this, but you know, the sunken in living room. Oh, that's a great idea with a little kid. That's yes. a great idea with a baby that eventually will become a toddler. No. Um, no, yeah. I just, I disagree. I mean, I look for me
1: as a person with no children and yeah, even, I mean, not now, but back then, yeah, I would have dealt with the stairs, you know, but, but and there's a few other little things. Like there's like, I loved that there was that flower clock on the wall. And
0: Again, the set design, the aesthetic, all of that, they were paying such, just, there's such great painstaking Details. It just, it makes me happy. It makes me, the whole aesthetic makes me happy. Yep. And, and she looks so beautiful. Oh, yeah, I love her. I mean, they keep knocking it out of the park with her look. Yes, yeah, she's so The cool. entire series. And it's not just, it's not just the clothes. It is like everything about her. They just keep nailing the looks time after time after time. And even – and we'll see it. Her growth just like maturity-wise and what she goes through with her makeup and her hair. It just – it's so pristine. It's so pristine. I think so
1: going to have to be a whole episode where we just rank outfits. It's
0: just all Camilla's look.
1: We'll, all, we'll rank outfits for all the characters. <laughs>
0: There we go. There we but, go.
1: So, and, and Billy, she's, you know, Billy, she's asked her and she, she says it's perfect. And what's perfect about it? It's ours. It's ours.
0: And that's, yeah, that's sweet.
1: I love it. Yeah. And then while they're, you know, now that mom and dad are gone. Yeah. Mom and dad don't live can, in the house anymore. The kids can have some fun. And so they go out on this really cool patio porch at their house and they just, they have all, I, I can't tell if they've taken acid or shrooms.
0: Who knows? They've taken some kind of hallucinogenic. Could have been peyote. Yeah, mescaline. You don't know. But they were all initially um, not really thinking that they were feeling things, but then things started kicking in. And I think we had a really cool moment between Graham and Karen at that point where he says something about, I can't feel my heart. And she puts her hand over his chest and she's like, no, it's still beating. I can, you know, I can feel it. It's there. And he's like, don't move your hand. She's like, I won't. And I was like, Oh, yeah, and 1997
1: Warren says, I really miss drugs.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, don't I love, we all, Warren? Don't don't we we? I love all phases of Warren, even though we he drives me crazy. Him. And I did want to punch him a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, Warren. He's he just was, the
1: id. He just says what comes out, man.
0: Yep. He's, you know, he, he He's the fun-loving guy. He's the fun-loving guy. So then we get to, um, we get back, we flip to then 1997, Billy, who says, um, I want to get back in the studio. Yeah. And so.
1: But that song wouldn't quit. So, you know, it this song it has, still quit. has legs. And so then um, 1997, Graham says they were. Um, asked to play the Diamond Head Festival and sort of, I looked it up to see if it was a thing, and it was a real thing.
0: Yeah, it was called the Crater Festival. Head Crater Festival. Okay, yeah, and
1: um, they had it for several years, and I I couldn't find um a and I'll put this up. I'll actually put this up, this picture of that I found. I couldn't find a um. They said Steve Miller, and I didn't see Steve Miller. Any listed in it, any of the ones that they did, so. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a up Band. So right. I mean, the fact there was actually a Hawaii music festival and like that's pretty cool. It was a
0: little deserty though. As someone who's visited Hawaii before and knows where Diamond Head is, it was a little deserty. So I'm sure they shot it like in you know California somewhere. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a picture. Little...
1: If you look at the picture that I sent, they did a really good job. Like that view. Because uh-huh. it's down in that crater. I mean, it's in yes. Diamond Head Crater. And that view that they show looks a lot like... I mean, they obviously looked at that and kind oh, of yeah. set it up. Um, and, and I'm sure... I mean, I'm sure there were certain limitations because of the COVID protocol. But we also know if you're playing in the afternoon at a music festival, it is also not, yeah. you know, not going to be... They played
0: invited. at 1 o'clock, but at least they got invited, yes. as Eddie said. At least they got invited. But yeah, 1 o'clock in the afternoon... Going on at the, you know, we've all been there. I mean, you know, going to the original Lollapalooza. I mean, I can remember, you know, I can't remember who played first. But, you know, there's always the, I went to the, I, I know I went to the original Lollapalooza. I went to the very first Lilla Fair in Dallas. Um, we went it, to that it, together, right? Did we go to Lilith Fair together? Yeah. Dixie okay. chicks. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, and then of but course I did not you know to, I did not go to Lollapalooza because I'd already done one all day concert and I was like I'm out on that because by the time I this this pale skin wilts and I just know in this well, Texas in the summer oh hell no I'm not doing that. and we
0: did and we did a few of the uh, of the if you're from around the Dallas Fort Worth area and you are of a certain age you will know this phrase of the Fry Street Fair yep. um, which was up in Denton. Um, where we went to college, and there was a Fry Street Fair. We did a couple of those Fry Street Fairs, and we know we know who played at one o'clock in the afternoon, versus who was playing at nine o'clock in the afternoon, who, versus who played at seven o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Well, the um, also, um, I feel like when I look at the lineups and stuff, it remind like it's probably like the equivalent, not quite as hard rock as what we had like the Texas Jam here in the seventies, right? You know, which w- went on for twenty something years, so. You know, that was always at the Cotton Bowl. So so as Remember they're getting it? ready for this big concert, you know, um, Billy's, this is the first time Billy has performed sober.
0: Oh, and, good point. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Graham says, um, 1997 is, says, um, you know, this is Billy's uh, first time.
0: To, and I didn't catch that. But yeah, he did say that. And yeah. so, yeah, it was, it was, um, his first time to place over. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and then Billy is, uh, Billy sees Teddy. Teddy comes and's like, you know, Hey man, you know, and he's like, I don't know, no, we haven't had time to practice. I don't know. And Teddy's like, you got this. You're, you're yeah. gonna be fine. And so he gathers all the guys and he gathers everybody. He gathers the six together to, you know, do the Pittsburgh on three. And over to the side, looking kind of like a photo bomber, you can see Daisy standing there. You know, she's not included. She's in her little own world. And she's acting like she's not um, super um, nervous. But... She's putting uh, on a good show. She's putting on it, yes. So he, um, he decides to, like, he's like, well, you know, you'll be fine once you get out there. He starts giving her a pep talk. And she says, uh, is this a pep talk for me or for you?
0: Yeah. There's just a lot of energy out there, you know, are you ready for this? And I mean, and he is, he's just, it's just like, I mean, his commentary about, you know, we didn't practice enough. We didn't get to sound check. Da, da, that's, that's Billy. I mean, that was, you know, him coming off the stage and um, being super critical of, you know, I was chasing, I was chasing Warren and, you know, da da, da, da da. now we come in there and it's, you know, we didn't get to, we didn't get to sound check. That's just his nervous energy and his desire to, you know, control the scene. And control how things go, and then again, we have him giving himself this pep talk of, you know, it's a lot of energy out there. Are you sure you're ready for it? And here comes Daisy with one of her
1: smart remarks,
0: one of her zingers that you know is just really, really good.
1: And he makes sure to tell her that her song comes on. They're gonna, her, they're gonna do that the fourth song. Yes. And um they start singing. They come out there. They start singing flip the switch which is a great song that we've already heard it but we've heard them play this one a few times like so, right because that
0: was a dunn brother song yes
1: and um and but then we get backstage and we see oh no daisy's not nearly as cool as she thought she was she's doing her typical thing of just like down in pills with whiskey which that's yeah and yeah. um and just like takes a big old drink and then on the second song she decides just that she's gonna come out
0: she's ready to go the the pills hit her system the whiskey warmed her up she is ready to go
1: and I so love she her. walks she, on outside you know, she's like aloha and then 1997 billy says she obviously did it on purpose but he has like a smile on his face and then 1997 daisy says i'm not exactly a patient person, person. yep I think that's a pretty good imitation of her. Um, yep. And then she comes out and she's got so much stage presence. And I love there's a shot of Karen just smiling and like everybody's energy is so high. And, you know, you know, she just it's it's great. And when they sing together.
0: Um, I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to decide because, you know you see these moments where he looks really happy and I'm trying to decide if this is Billy controlling it because he wants everybody to think that everything's great or if he's truly letting his guard down and truly enjoying what is happening right now. I can't, I can't decide which, which mindset I'm at.
1: I think that in the moment, every time he enjoys it and that's what bothers him. Because he is like, this is the, 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 this is his conflict here because Daisy is basically him in a way, you know, she's all his bad habits and things that he's tried to run away from. He's also, I think, I mean, you, when you have chemistry with somebody, you can't help but have, know that that's an issue. And I think he gets a high, he knows it when he performs with her and then he doesn't like it because it's dangerous.
0: Yeah, because just like the drinking and the drugs, the high of Daisy can be just as dangerous for him. But they did. They had a chemistry on stage. There was a connection there. It it just, I mean, it was everything. I think it was everything they all could have hoped for. And they came off the stage, you know.
1: Well, um, Billy says first, like, not only does she come out there for Honeycomb. Then she comes for out time. and she sings all the other songs with him. And but I would say, hey, she learned all your songs and she well, learned them just enough it. to to sing harmony on them.
0: That's just it. Because she comes out and she does she does look me in the eye with him. But again, she she obviously did her work and figured out their songs. But 1997, day, uh Billy says that that was the part where. She was supposed to go off the stage after she did uh, Look at Us Now. And Daisy was like, they just wouldn't let me off the stage. Yes. They just wouldn't let me leave. Which made me laugh.
1: Yeah, I really like that. And then, um, and then there's like, they share a mic. Like, they're up close to each other. And I would say if he didn't like that, there's ways that he could pull away. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's subtle ways to do that. And then, so they sing, they do their little 25-minute show. Um, Karen, you know, the guys are like, was that, was, was that awesome? They're, they're so excited. And Karen's like, you were great. Every time that you moved, the crowd went wild. And then Billy is like, I thought, you, you know, Billy's like, you weren't supposed to come out. You were supposed to wait till the fourth song. And Daisy says, I'll let you read it. God.
0: This was, um, this was just- made me laugh because again she just has these like zingers and she's just like oh i just i just thought you had already played three songs because they all sound the same oh my gosh i mean she just can't help but just knock him i mean and it's kind of frustrating because it's like every time you see them kind of making progress where you think something's gonna happen she just like throws out a line like this it's like oh they all sound the same and just kind of like backtracks that relationship again. Well, but again. he was
1: scolding her. Well, like, yeah, he, sure. like, he could have said, he could, there's total ways that he could have done that. It could have been like, I mean, he was like, can we talk for a minute? It wasn't like he was scolding her. So, of course she, I mean, she's going to lash out because nobody, both of them are two people who are not used to being told what to do.
0: Mm-mm, no. Nope. They're not. And they're two people that are used to being in control of situations.
1: So, then they're um, talking to the reporter... And it's just not good. And he's like, well, I'm really glad that the fans like our song. But he more means like our, the six. It's kind of implying not so much Daisy. Daisy. I mean, I feel like he was acting like she was just like, you know, she was just like um, CCAC Music Factory featuring Martha Washington. You know, like there's.
0: (laughs) It was just going to be this one appearance. And that was it. And you could just see it. I mean. Daisy's sitting there with her head turned toward him, listening to him talk, and she's just like, I think he walks off, and she's just like, you motherfucker. Oh, well,
1: after, yeah, afterwards, she definitely does that. Yeah,
0: she was not, like, I, you could just see this body language and this look in her eyes, just like, are you fucking for real right now? Is this what you're actually going to say to this guy? She was pissed. Well, yeah. But they just, he just walked off and got on the bus. Yeah,
1: well, he, they, she confronted him and was like, hey, you know. What, what was that about? And he's like, well, I gave you credit. And he's like, mm, she's like, not really. And he was like, no. oh, well, Daisy, have a nice life. And then he gets on the bus and she walks in, off and says, you motherfucker. Like, I love the way she says it. It's just like, I mean, it's such a, you know, it's just such a great phrase. It's a great word. So Karen sits down with Billy and she tries to talk to him. And she goes, I think she's good for us. Says, there's something about the the two of you together and you know Billy doesn't want to give her give her credit because he was like mm-hmm. you know he was like because she's like well they do sing on all the parts that she wrote <laughs> that's the part they all sing along with and he doesn't yeah. want to give her credit at all like he just diminishes everything that she's done and Karen's like no you guys are worth something and I, I think you should think about it and she basically says well, you know what are you worried about and he says, um, "I think she's a powder keg. What I'm saying is, I don't think we survive her. You know.
0: And my question is, that we, or is it he, right. doesn't survive her? He doesn't survive her. So he's putting himself and his anxiety at the forefront, not being considerate about what it could do for everybody there." Just thinking about what it could do to him.
1: Well, I mean, that's basically that's the the story of the band. Yeah. You know, so 1997. Daisy says Billy would never admit that he needed anybody. So yeah, we had that in common. So. And then. She decides that she's gonna she's gonna write the hell out of some songs, and she says the thing about anger is it's an excellent motivator. Preach. That's true.
0: That's so true. There is nothing, there is nothing that will piss me off more and fire me up more than having somebody just absolutely cross a line with me and I'm like, oh, oh, you want to, oh, oh, you don't think so? Oh, you don't think yeah. so? Okay. Okay. Let's just, I will kill myself to make this happen Well, just to
1: spite you. Well, especially I feel like when it comes to work or like a creative pursuit, your creative work or just your work, like when somebody messes with you, um, you know, I think it is a great motivator. I don't know necessarily sometimes if it actually ends up with good work, but it definitely motivates you. Yeah. I mean, I do say, I mean,
0: I also own up to this fact that I'm very much a Scorpio and I will hold a grudge.
1: Well, I don't, I don't don't know what Tauruses do, but
0: (laughs) I will hold a grudge. And if you F with me once, you're pretty much dead to me and I'm gone. (laughs) So, but, uh, but yeah, anger is a really, um, probably not the healthiest motivator, but for me, it's a really good motivator.
1: So she's Um, trying to write, and I think one of the funny things, she's singing around, kind of humming stuff to herself, and then one of the words, one of the things she says, she sings is, a dick, you're a dick.
0: (laughs) She's trying to come up with words for things. Yes. You're a dick.
1: So then we cut to, um, they're just in um, Simone and Daisy's apartment. Yeah, so we're
0: getting a little bit of a break from the six, which I think is good.
1: Yeah, and I think it's good. We see um, they're watching American Bandstand. And I mean, did you watch American Bandstand?
0: Oh, yeah. When I could, I mean, when it was on, you yeah. know, because that during the 80s, it was, it was usually. Yeah, it was still on and it was usually on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. when we got it. But sometimes it would it would get preempted for, you know, college football or something. So we didn't always it wasn't consistently on week after week. So the moments that it was on that it didn't get preempted by football, I was, I was always, always, always down to watch that or, you know, there were a couple other shows that were kind of like that as well. There was a British version um, that used to be on in the afternoons after school. So the show was called Video One, Richard Blades in the, I want to say 83. 384 because i can vividly remember seeing wham uk the very first time okay. and that was like their debut album in the in in england and they were known as wham uk at that point they weren't just wham and that was like um young guns and that but i mean it was yeah that was where i found <clears throat> you know suzy and the banshees and so it was kind of the british pop punk version of our american bandstand.
1: So American Bandstand is on and yes. Simone hears her song that she recorded with that guy. And instead it's the Sean Terrells on TV singing with her vocals. And this is straight pulled from uh, what um Phil Spector did to Darlene Love. And and you people should look it up because it's just a um it's just terrible what he did because he she sang on um, the crystals was he used her voice, but um because the crystals were on tour, so they didn't have time to record. So he had them touring. He had Darlene record their vocal vocals, and then they would go lip sync to her her vocals, like on shows. and He kept promising her that he would give her, you know, um, her flowers and she, he really barely gave her anything. He gave her a couple of songs. She, of course, then very famous now, um, you know, Christmas, baby, please come home. But he, um, treated her terribly and you should watch um if you watch 20 feet from stardom it does a very good um she talks about it and then also if you just look up anything about Darlene Love but that is an actual real thing that happened to uh, us specifically to her
0: yeah and there are other yeah there are other stories but I think for me that's the most famous one that I can remember but we know that there's been other stories
1: yeah
0: of not only by Phil Spector but from other men of that time period. Oh, I mean,
1: even in the 90s, remember for the longest time, C&C Music Factory didn't credit Martha Washington. Nope. You know, they finally started giving those women credit. And it, you know, I would just say the the theme often is it's black women getting screwed over. So Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, Simone is just so sad. And of course, Daisy's reaction is like, I'm going to pop off, I'm going to kill him. And she's like, get into her car. And Simone's like, don't give me your keys don't don't. just give me your keys and then she loves
0: her for it i know she loves her for it and she appreciates Uh that energy and stuff like that but the reality is simone understands and is a little bit older
1: and understands
0: you can't just do things like that and expect to maintain any kind of career or life when you just pop off in that kind of anger
1: and then so then this just broke my heart
0: that was a hard when, scene to watch.
1: When says when Simone says, Well, I could have just sat on his lap a few more minutes. And it's like, No, it wouldn't have mattered. No. It would have never been enough. And then she, she just could says, have
0: slept with him. And yes. And he still probably wouldn't him, have done it. And he still would have done it to her. He still would have done it to her. And she's just like, I need to go. I need to you know, I need a change of scenery. I need to get out of here. I'm gonna go ahead and go to New York.
1: Yeah. And, um, and she says, well, you know, that woman that I talked to, and, and Daisy says, oh, that woman. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and they, t- and, you know, and Simone's like, well, maybe I do need a fresh start. That woman that I've been talking to, me. and Daisy really, um, hones in that says look you know you don't have to be ashamed about this and said I I had this moment when I was on stage where I got this rush and for 25 minutes I was the happiest I've ever been and that's what I see in your face every time that woman calls you on the phone Mm -hmm. and it's just lovely and you know I feel like it's as much as Daisy and Simone because she knows Simone isn't quite ready just to say right what it is and so by doing this she gives her that break but also that's important for us to hear that how Daisy felt about this
0: yeah because didn't you notice there was a moment when she was saying this that she closed her eyes and you could Mm -hmm. tell she was reliving that moment and how the bliss that came from that moment for her in particular and what that meant to her and comparing that to you know she could, she could compare that to Simone and what Simone was feeling and, and be able to connect the two.
1: I mean, it's interesting that da- Daisy does not feel like this in a love sense for a person. This nope, is a, her, mo- it's a stage. Yeah. And so then she says, if we can feel like this, I don't care how crazy it is. Crazy it is. We should do it. And so yeah. Simone packs up, gets on a Greyhound to go to New York and the under music is sweet emotion I
0: forget. I always, I, I don't know what it is about that song that I always forget how early it truly was released. Yeah. You know, because I think for some reason, it like, I guess their resurgence, you know, they had this whole like, like they had this whole break in time where they weren't performing because they were all so effed up on drugs that they couldn't perform. And then they had this resurgence in the 80s with run dmc and we started hearing there so i always equate sometimes i will equate you know sweet emotions to that resurgence and their comeback
1: when really it was
0: one of their earlier oh yeah earlier releases so anyway well i
1: mean i always think of this song i always think of the open to Daisy confused and in 1997 daisy says she was my only real friend in the world and just like that she was gone and it's like, well, you asked her to go. I mean, like, you know, so, and she decides to move into the Chateau Mormont. And but that it, is,
0: but that's saying something about friendship, because even though Daisy knew it was going to hurt her and it was going to put her alone, she wanted the best for her friend. So
1: yeah, I think it's you want uh, that.
0: I mean, if you have a friendship like that, then you have a good friendship. Yeah. So but it's hard. I get and it. it.
1: The Chateau Mormont is famous in the seventies for, you know it has its own reputation so if you ever want to there's lots of stories about it and
0: And especially um, the bungalows the bungalows have yeah have their own story um you know the one thing that i will say about this is that and again you only have so much time in a television show that you can put stuff together but there was a period in the book of daisy Mm -hmm. that revolved around her time at the hotel uh, the chateau marmont that they and Simone was still there that they didn't really get to dive into like all of the, you know, Halston was just sending her dresses and the parties and floating in the water and these Halston dresses. So I, I get it that there's a, there's a, you know, there's only so much that you can put into a TV show, but um, yeah, we missed, I feel like we kind of miss a little, I mean, we get a little glimpse into it, but not like, not like they dove into it in the book.
1: No, so. And I think she's, I don't know, I liked that because it kind of still showed how messy she was. Yeah. Um, and um, and then she says, I had the number one single in the world and not a single person to celebrate with. So she's, I believe she's like walking down Hollywood Boulevard with an actual Billboard magazine in her hand to see it. And um, And then she goes to her parents' house and she breaks in, and then the police come, she passes out and the police come because her parents don't even live there anymore. <laughs> and um, and the interviewer asked 1997 Daisy, weren't you arrested? And she's like, no, there are people just tell stories. Yeah. And then the um, the only person she knows to call is Karen. And she starts like, oh, this they're not supposed to do this. And Karen's like, you don't have to explain anything and um and why she did goes, you call me
0: yeah you're from around here don't you have people in daisy's line I'm, I'm from mars, mars. <laughs> i don't have people <laughs> i'm like nice
1: and then it's I mean, sad
0: it's super sad to be like yeah you have the number one song in the country and you're utterly and completely alone yeah That's and karen really says
1: i don't even know how she got my number <laughs> so funny so there we go sad we cut to i guess it's probably the next day because like she still has the um bandage on her arm Mm -hmm. so she says um you know they're talking at a pool again she and teddy yeah yeah and um he basically he's like well Because she's like, I don't want to just do singer-songwriter. I want to, you know, I want to be in a band. I want to have some, I want to rock and roll. Yeah, and
0: that was kind of weird because she was like, I want people, I want music that people are going to dance to that has a dance beat. And I was like, that was a quick, I don't know. It felt like a quick flip. Because when you think about, like when we compare fictionalized Daisy Jones and the Six to other bands of that time period, they when we th- when I think of dance music of that time period it was disco it wasn't it wasn't Fleetwood Mac it wasn't you know yeah. it wasn't the Eagles that wasn't really dance music to me so uh, for her to say that she wanted music that people would dance to was I don't know that felt weird to me maybe that yeah, was that's thinking a, that's too a much.
1: weird choice in lines I think yeah
0: maybe that was maybe I was thinking too much into it but when I'm thinking of that time period and I say dance music I'm not thinking about rock and roll maybe she's
1: thinking like noodling like the grateful dead or something (laughs) noodle arms um so teddy does a kind of a he kind of plays reverse psychology on her i think because he does because teddy's the dad because he says oh you know she's you know he's like oh like the six you know and she's like yeah and he was like well no because they already have a front man and you need to be a front man and but he puts that idea in her head, you know. And then um, we're back at Camila's house, and Camila and Billy are watching the news. So I'm trying to figure out the time frame here because, so was this like two days later? Because why? Why is this showing on the news now? Yeah, I know. I know. Crystal, it's yet. just a TV show. Let it go. But it was but just... no.
0: I thought the same thing. I was like. Okay. Why are they showing this? Inter- Why are they showing this interview so so late in the game? You know, was there? Did we have a continuity a continuity issue where we put scenes in order, and now they didn't make any sense?
1: Well, I do kind of wonder yeah. that. I do kind of wonder that. But anyway, she sees Billy being a dick to Daisy on TV, and um, you know, he he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Do you really want to know my opinion?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, you could have given her a little credit." And in ninety ninety seven. Camila says, you gotta have an ego to be a rock star. But I wasn't going to let his ego stop him from being great. So, you know, she comes up with a little plan, little Camila does. And so she decides we're gonna have a party. And she says everybody needs a little push sometimes. That's what she 1997 Camila does. And so they the next thing we know, we're cut to. They're obviously um Graham and Karen are walking to Billy and Camila's house. Um to have um to for a party right and she's saying i really think that you know you know we should vote like you you know she we you know let's vote let's she should be in the band and you know graham's like no and she, he's, she's like well you would vote you would just vote for whatever billy wants anyway so and she has a whole makes a big thing about her jacket like uh, and he's like it's not going to stay on she's like it's got to just be on the shoulders and that makes me laugh because I remember that look so much in the 70s.
0: <laughs> but Camilla's watching them walk up.
1: Yes. Which and comes she...
0: into play here very soon. But yeah. Camilla is watching them walk up to the house together. Yeah. Um.
1: And she pulls Graham aside and says, like, I-, I think you should tell her how you feel. And he's like, no. And he's like, why not? She's, he's like, because it could ruin the band. It would be horrible. Like, and she's like, I think it's worth it to me. And, you know, just there's this great scene of just the hills of L.A. and the sun going down as the party starts to get started. And oh, my gosh, I just, you know, I mean, there's a reason why people live in Los Angeles, because it is it's so great. I love it there. Um, In spite of the earthquakes (laughs) and the traffic everything about it to be up in the mountains that just run through a city when you live in Dallas and everything is flat to be somewhere where you're literally there's mountains in the middle of your city it's so great
0: that's crazy but yeah it was funny because they were like oh well that's where you know we love the hills that's where mama c lived and they're like oh who lives there now oh a podiatrist
1: (laughs) (laughs) even more so now
0: oh and then daisy daisy rolls up in a cab in a yellow." in a yellow taxi <laughs> with, with a bottle of champagne and a, or wine and a pineapple. Yep. And, and she, then drops, she the drops the wine.
1: wine. <laughs> so she's only got the pineapple. And I remember that being a big thing in the 70s. Everything was a, either pineapples or mushrooms, like decorations. Lots of yes. pineapples.
0: Yeah. Owls. Owls were a big thing yeah. in the 70s. Yeah.
1: I love a Lots owl. of
0: macrame owls. Oh, yeah um hung up in our household lots of macrame, owl, keychains, things like that. But yeah, mushrooms, pineapples. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. That was the
0: whole that was the whole vibe.
1: And and Billy sees com- sees her and is that goes to Camila. What did you invite? Why did you invite her? And Camila says, just, you know, look, she came, go be nice to her. And Billy kinda does a half ass apology and and um, Daisy asks, "What? Why are you apologizing for?" And he's just kind of vague. And she's like, "Ah, I'm gonna go."
0: Yeah, but Camilla wanted her there because again, Camilla is trying to push this. You know, again, I'm not gonna let his ego get in the way of what's gonna be great. So he kind of, she kind of concocts this plan, which you know, hindsight 2020. I'm like, oh, girl um but she kind of concocts this plan and and camille wanted to meet her camille hadn't met her yet camilla hadn't met her yet so she wanted to meet her plus she was just trying to kind of get billy to see what this could mean for all of them if he would just set this thing aside
1: you know and he's like oh you know a lot of people are talking about us making music together and it's just kind of mm." and i would say in that whole scene her coat is just on her shoulders (laughs) because <laughs> that's the you know because it's like I'm gonna wear that's this halter top but I'm gonna put coat you know just on my shoulders and, and
0: and Billy does say in here we so we get us a, a quick cut to Billy 1997 Billy where he says you know that Daisy was tal Daisy was talented there was never a question about that
1: and the interview go well what was the question and we're hearing the interviewers you know we hear her more and more in this mm-hmm. episode it's there's more things and. And, you know, he, he, but he can't tell Daisy why he wants to collaborate with her because he doesn't want to say, you know, we're not as good without you, where you make us better. He can't do that. He's not there yet. So Daisy's just like, I'm out. And Camila follows her and is like, I want you to stay, you know, please. You know, she goes, I don't know you very well. And Daisy's like, well, I've got somewhere else to be. And Camila's like, I don't really think you do. She goes, you might, I don't know you would, but I don't think you would take a cab all the way up here, get dressed and do this stuff to say, pop in for five minutes and then leave. Right. And she goes, you know, I want you to stay, we wouldn't have this house if it wasn't for you. I want you here. And, you know, um, Daisy says he's lucky to have you. And then as they go back in the house, the lights go out and um, there's all of these um Camila starts putting out all these candles and she says it's because her mom was so paranoid of earthquakes that that's why she had all these candles and I'm just going to go on a little tangent here but I like that they gave an explanation because in so many movies and TV shows people will just have all these damn candles like for a romantic uh, thing and I'm like who has that many candles you know and so
0: my not, house does
1: that many
0: <laughs> we burn a lot of candles we've burned, burned a lot a of, candles. of
1: candles but you know i always think of like bull durham and i'm like is kevin Costner's character really going out and buying all those tea lights okay <laughs> yeah i mean at least in the office and the proposal like you know it's like they had time to prepare and go get all those candles but right but it's beautiful okay it's just gorgeous the house with the candlelight and however they did the lighting i don't know if they did um you know, it just is a beautifully shot, I mean, the, the house itself is so great, and there's all these levels, and patios, and oh, and um, Daisy hears um, Julia crying, and goes upstairs, and gets her, and it's a really sweet little scene, and then she takes her um, down to Billy, and Billy's like, oh, she likes you. And he's like, are you scared because the lights went off? And I was thinking, well, most kids don't notice that, but okay. Also, and, she's very,
0: very tiny, so I doubt it's her that would be scared that the lights went off. So
1: he's like, oh, you can be here with us. And then um, and then Karen starts playing, and it's just a beautiful shot of Karen, like, high, looking down on her on the piano, and she starts singing Ooh La La, a song by oh. the Faces, which is one of my, it's just such a great song.
0: It's such a great song, and it was just And it's one of those songs like, like when you hear, like, you don't, like, I don't maybe necessarily listen to it. Like it doesn't come up on a rotation in my Spotify, but then when I hear it, I'm singing it for days. Yes. For days. I had to listen to it. And it's just so, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, you know, getting older or something and now you listen to it and it just, it's evolved into something different. I don't know, but it's a beautiful song and the whole scene again time after time we've seen them hold the aesthetic of what you would envision this time period to look like and what would happen and all of it and they they continue to hold strong in this scene as well as everybody you know they start they just start singing and you see you know Daisy joins in with her and they start singing together and then Billy finally relents and joins in and it turns into this really um, I don't know. It's, this it's really, beautiful. I it's, think, this beautiful moment where they finally have—I think maybe they've created the band.
1: Yeah, they
0: created the band.
1: And it's—I mean, the, what I really like about the choices the director made in this is they—they get they're down in there with the crowd in this crowded house that everybody's inside. They're 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 handheld in this part. You feel like you're really in there with them. You see Billy like kind of clinching. And, like, mm-hmm. like fighting He's himself, really, not really wanted. fighting himself, yep, and um, and you see Camila watching all of this. and um, and then it's oh, it's done, and it kind of everybody's kind of does their own breaks up and does their own thing. Karen and Graham go off to a corner, and Graham kisses Karen, and she laughs. And she's just like, "I, I didn't expect that." And she goes, "I think you're amazing." And but you knew the Boom. butt was going to come right and the there.
0: Light. I think you're amazing. Friend zoned. Yeah, hard and fast. Oh, and let me just tell you, I I hurt for Graham. I hurt for Graham when he when she because man, I was waiting for the line of oh I respect you so much.
1: Yeah, but she
0: can't help it that she doesn't
1: feel it's like him like that.
0: I know, but it still makes my heart hurt. I mean, she's been fully
1: aware of his feelings for her for a long time, so. But again,
0: is it that she doesn't feel it, or is she just not willing to feel it because she's all about the band?
1: Well, we can, that is going to be a bigger discussion as we move on with this. this, (laughs) But but man, my heart hurt for him. Oh, I did too, but I also just felt like, I mean, you know she didn't feel it i mean it's really a like a bad look to laugh at somebody when they kiss you but yes
0: that was was
1: pretty rough that that
0: was hurtful but again i think we see i mean this scene is it seems you know at first glance it may not seem like that big of a thing but if you again watch sam claflin's face and watch the emotion and the tension that's on his face in this scene You see this moment in him where he's like, finally, I don't know, it's finally starting to, he's finally starting to see that, that there's, there's a band there. Yeah, There's a band there and Daisy's a part of it.
1: So then they cut to real quick, a real just quick scene of Simone getting off the bus in New York City with her little suitcase and her little halter top and her big old fro. She just looks so cute. And I just, I just want to give her a hug and tell her it's going to be all right. And then we cut back to the party. It's a little bit later. Graham's sitting outside looking dejected and Camila kind of, he doesn't say anything. Camila knows what has happened. And then a girl comes up she she's like hey aren't you in the band and she's cute she's yeah. cute enough i mean she's kind of go-go boots and i'm look we we've been saying how good a job and uh, but this one missed i feel like that missed right we We're
0: past the we were past the white go-go boot i don't think life. anybody now if she'd wear... come out there in brown boots i would have been yeah, like like, okay.
1: like yeah like i'm i'm just trying to go by like what i remember like mary tyler moore wearing yeah and but
0: the I... white boots and I mean, it went with the whole outfit, but the white boots, yeah. It, I feel like that's the like
1: the the latest you would be wearing that is like maybe 72, like white go-go boots.
0: Unless you lived in Texas, and especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, because you as a child, you would have been obsessed with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. So you still wanted white go-go boots, even in like 77 or 78.
1: I mean, that's the only reason I did drill team is because I wanted to wear those white cowboy boots. So did you want the
0: cowboy boots or did you want the go-go boots
1: i wanted the white ca- well we didn't have we didn't even get the choice for the go-go boots but we did yeah. have the white cowboy boots with the purple tassels
0: yeah but those were terrible to dance in
1: well they, the drill team was horrible
0: <laughs> a whole other episode right there
1: party is still going on and um gram meets the cute girl in the go-go boots and then billy is out in the car i um, trying to get Julia to sleep. He's just running the car.
0: How many young families had a station wagon? La- that, why did they have a station wagon before they even had kids? They had a station wagon. That didn't make it any did sense. The-
1: Girl, he's a musician. Band
0: equipment. Musicians we- either have bands or
1: station wagons.
0: A van. But anyways, Billy was in the car with Julia. <laughs> <laughs> like that station wagon's like a mob car. Um. But they were, Billy was in the car and Camilla slips in and I loved this because they were both like just trying to like, he was trying to warn her to like be super quiet getting in and they were like squinting their eyes when they were trying to close the door to make sure they didn't wake the baby up. Who hasn't been there before? Uh, Yes. So I felt, I felt that one, that one I could relate to. Um, But Camilla gets in the car to talk to him.
1: And she says she feels really safe with you, which that's got to mean a lot to him because he, you know, he still probably feels unsure about where he stands because he wasn't there for her yeah. from the beginning. And it's a but nice thing. Yeah, he did a good say. job
0: of, uh, he get a, did a good job of creating a relationship and making up for that lost, lost time. And so I think it was nice that Camilla acknowledged that. And then Billy, you and Daisy, it's exactly what you wanted and exactly what you need to get, to get get where, us where
1: you
0: we want to go. Need, yeah. Yeah. To get, get us where we need to go. And that was, um, you know, that was, that was to me was um, a pretty evolved stance. I don't know for Camila to take, because I still think at this point, she doesn't see Daisy as any kind of threat to her and Billy. I don't. Oh. I don't think that she, I don't think that she's there yet. Now I think it's coming. But at that moment in time, sitting in that car at that point, I don't think she felt Daisy as a threat. I think she truly saw her for what she just said. She's what you need to get you where you want to to get you where we want to go.
1: And he says, "I know." Yeah. And she says, "I'm going to love you no matter what." So I feel like she's saying like she I think there's two layers to that. I think she's also saying, I'm going to love you. Like, if you decide you can't do this with Daisy and we don't get successful, I'm still going to love you. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, I'm going to love you no matter what. And I think it's also, I'm going to love you no matter what you have to do to make this happen.
0: Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, I don't, I don't see, think she sees Daisy as a threat yet, but I don't think she, I don't know how to explain it. I, I mean, I don't think she's naive enough to believe. I don't know.
1: Well, I feel just like, it's... okay, so let's let's go to the next She scene. hasn't
0: seen them. She hasn't seen them perform together yet. She wasn't at the at the Crater Festival. So she hasn't seen their stage presence together yet.
1: She saw them singing just there in the house, though.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay. So then she but so then it's the next morning. Daisy wakes up, she's passed out on the couch, she wakes up, and Um, she's like what did you put in that you know I'm like come on Daisy you you pass out all the time please Um, and you know Camila's you know I think gets her some coffee and they're bonding over the kitchen counter you know the bar and Camila um, says I'm I'm gonna tell you something like she gets serious and she goes "Um, let me tell you something Billy and I and Warren Graham Eddie and Karen we're family and families, we take care of each other. And Daisy says, Well, that's hasn't been my experience. And she goes, Well, it is here. And we'll take care of you and you take care of us. And um I think that I think that um Camila is fully aware of his attraction to her.
0: Yeah, but and she's willing a, to bargain with that.
1: Too.
0: Yeah. And I made a note there too about that.
1: I think she is willing to bargain with this is a, a a deal that she's willing to make because she trusts Billy to to do it. And she knows that she's just going to have to get over that part of it because this is this is going to be the thing that gets gets them what they want. Right. right. And you, she says, like I think she's fully aware of this. She says, "Trust isn't easy. In fact, it's the hardest thing you will ever do, so I chose to trust him." Now, I don't think She's talking about him not doing drugs no and I and I, again, I'm
0: conflicted here because I'm not sure because you know here I look at it from the outside and I'm like and with hindsight and going, okay, you're welcoming this person into your relationship by doing this so what is that going to be? Is Camila thinking that she can trust Billy and it's going to be okay? Or is she in the? Or is she at the other side of her mouth? On one side of her mouth, she's telling Billy that she trusts him and it's going to be okay. On the other side of her mouth, she's warning Daisy. I'm willing to do this, and I'm bringing you into my circle, and I'm trusting you.
1: I mean, I think it's both. I mean, I don't fuck it up. Yeah, I think it's also. I think it's also clear she. She doesn't, I don't think, know how Daisy feels about Billy, but she knows that Billy, there's something there, or he wouldn't be so uptight about it.
0: But is it that there's something there in an attraction, or is it something there that he doesn't like to share the spotlight? I think, I mean, we could see it coming from all, we could see it coming from all different directions.
1: I mean, I do think she obviously, I mean, I don't know. I think it's like the whole thing. It's like the work, the work wife, work husband thing. Yeah. You know, and that requires trust. Like, cause, you know, I mean, in my industry, you know, I usually work with men. I work with lots of men. And I've always had, you know, at many jobs, I've had, you know, work husbands, like guys that I go to lunch with every day, my buds, you know, and like it takes an amount of trust and like guys that I work really well with, like I write well with, you know, we're on shoots, we're out late. And, you know, that requires trust on my husband's part, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so maybe it's that, but I think it's no, I think, I think Camila is, is smart and observant.
0: We close out the episode with a really good line from her. We flip to 1997 Camilla, where she said, and you just said this, she said, trust isn't easy. In fact, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. So I choose to trust them. Did I make a mistake? I don't know. You tell me. Right. So it's really, you know, there's just again her her character camilla's character is so much i mean there's so much to her right so much to her as a as a character and there was so much to her in the book and why she was you know a character that i loved and that i rooted for and that i just connected with so easily um but there's so much it's like you know she she wants to trust her she wants she wants to get to this place as much as the rest of the band wants the success she wants the success too
1: i mean she's in the band she made these sacrifices she was basically their de facto manager until teddy came along you know i mean she's the one who's calling trying to get people to come out and see them and so You know, she thinks she's not going to, and she's the one who decided to stay after all of that stuff that happened. So, yeah, I think she's willing to make this sacrifice and maybe take a risk having this woman who, if nothing else, even if he's not attracted to her, she is, it's, you know, it's always scary for someone who's going through recovery to be around somebody who needs to be in recovery. Right. You know, um, I would say, you know, she freely was drinking around him. It didn't seem like it was an issue. You know, she brings a beer into the car, station wagon with him. So I don't think that's a big issue for them. But that is always, you know, maybe she's seeing that as a risk. But I think she she sees it for what it is. And I don't know. I mean, maybe not.
0: She's a better person than me.
1: Well, I do I just think though you just kind of if you saw that and you were like well, I want us to you know we've put this and I want to be and married you know I we've done all this we're part of I'm part of this band then I would I would have to trust him. You know. I don't I mean I wouldn't like it and yeah. it, probably every part of me would say don't do it but But ultimately, yeah. And also I would also say I think Camila feels a little sorry for Daisy. How can you not?
0: Oh, I think she proved that in this episode. Yeah, that she does. Because she, she sees the fact that Daisy does not have anyone. She doesn't yeah. have anyone. And so we can be- give her a family. She can be a part of this family and we take care of our family.
1: Yeah. But also um, Camila, Camila is a person who had a family that takes care of her. She has a family that took care of her so much that her mom had left all those candles for her. Yeah. You know, and... Billy doesn't have that I mean Billy and Billy and Daisy both have that you know they they have not quite the same thing but there are things about them as we go through that'll make it even more clear
0: that they are very much
1: alike mirror images of each other so wow this is we got through this one fast yeah so um next week we'll do episode five
0: track five yeah
1: we will, you know, keep talking about, you know, random stuff here, but. <laughs> <laughs> random stuff here. I think, I think, I mean, this was a really short one. We got through this fast.
0: I know. We don't really have a tangent to give this week. Do we have a tangent?
1: Well, I would just say, is there any, Um, did we make sure and put, po- did I make sure and point out that Warren was wearing his vest at the party?
0: Oh, no, you didn't say. He had his fur
1: vest on. Um, Fur vest. Um, I would say a uh, one little that tangent. fur vest
0: ended up in a Hard Rock Cafe somewhere. I bet.
1: I bet. Oh, going to the Hard Rock. Um, the other song that was playing in the background, um, was is, uh, thank goodness for X Ray on Amazon. Love it. And yes. it's it's called "We've Got It All" by Faustus. And I could find nothing about this band. Me and my husband, who my husband is a used to be a professional librarian, like he knows how to search things, and we could find very little about this band other than we found the song but it it's kind of got that like um America it's very light seventies sound to it, and yes. I think they were like, well, we can't we're we gonna cut kind us of some budget here, so we're gonna <laughs> but it's we're a really good song
0: well, when I went back and looked at you know some of the songs that we you know kind of focused on the two Dunn Brothers songs this week I went back and looked at like who wrote those one of those is Taylor Goldsmith who is from a band that you brought to our attention the Dawes yeah um and and he's also married to Mandy Moore did you know that yeah Taylor Goldsmith he's married to Mandy Moore and then you have Blake Mills who's worked with like tons of people um the Dixie Chicks one of my faves he worked with them and then um, Jason Bozell, he was also one of the writers. He did, he helped write Look Me in the Eye, as well as uh, Flip the Switch. But yeah, so there were some strong singer-songwriters that were a part of the music of this episode. So that was pretty cool to see. Um,
1: but yeah. I just got to say that, okay, I just went into another world for a minute. Because like, no, I did not know he was married to Mandy Yes. Moore.
0: He's married to Mandy Moore. Oh. I know. When I when I looked this afternoon and was doing a little well, research, is, I was like, hey "She is now. probably a
1: foot taller than him because he is a tiny little man." <laughs> um, I always I highly recommend them if you like that kind of music. Um, they're and they're a really good live. So,
0: okay, well, I, that was I our both. Yeah, I love both. I love both of the songs. So, um, I'm gonna have to go check out some dolls because I haven't done that yet.
1: Yeah. So, um, let's. Please okay so next
0: week we'll be back like but please make sure you're like follow subscribe we are um on instagram at nobody's muses you and please email, e- us.
1: email us any thoughts you have about nobody's it. muses at gmail
0: i mean if YouTube. you're our first
1: email like li- our first we're gonna person,
0: give you a prize
1: we'll we'll do something for you i don't know what but we'll do something
0: because if we... you send us an email
1: a, a, a nice comment a, a nice, nice
0: comment, comment. there will don't... be a surprise for you going in the mail very very soon
1: yeah maybe, exp- we'll,
0: maybe we'll create some nobody's muses merch i don't messages.
1: know something but something. There will be, you know maybe um <laughs> maybe rachel will knit you something once school <laughs> is over
0: i have though i have like two baby blankets i gotta get made
1: you couldn't maybe um, knit like a beanie or something. Beanie. I'll,
0: make, I'll knit you a, what's something that Daisy would wear? A halter top. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll knit you a halter top. A crochet halter top.
0: You can crochet it. I'll knit one. Okay. Um, but anyway, we will be back next week. If like and follow and subscribe, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and we will see you all soon. Have a great week.